coming up. We can do this, how we can effectively solve problems in our marriage. Welcome, everybody, to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on H.com. I'm Heather Dean, and this is the place where each week a well-known speaker or author drops by for a visit and shares important insights from the Torah that will make home life better. And this week, my guest is Dr. Lisa Aiken, and we will be talking about how we can effectively solve problems in our marriage. Dr. Aiken has authored and co-authored 11 books, including Guide for the Romantically Perpetual as well as others on a variety of Jewish topics. She is a psychologist who has worked with individuals and couples for nearly 40 years, and she's also given talks to various audiences in more than 250 cities on six continents. If you're interested in contacting Dr. Lisa Aiken to speak in your community or to purchase her books or to find out more about her therapy practice, send your email to Lisa A. Aiken at Hotmail. Dot com. That's L-I-S-A-A-I-K-E-N at hotmail.com. Welcome, Dr. Lisa Aiken, to At Home in Jerusalem. Thank you, Heather. In your book, Guide for the Romantically Perplexed, you write that, and I quote, before we try to resolve conflicts, we must know what the real issues are, end quote. So I'm wondering, what is a good way to do this? Well, it really depends on what the issues are and what kind of a marriage you have. But basically, it starts off with the fact that many people make assumptions and many people expect their partner to mind read. And so let's say um, the husband says to the wife, would you like to go with me to a Chinese restaurant for dinner on Tuesday night? And the wife says, no. (laughs) It doesn't give us a lot of information. Mm -hmm. We don't know if she's not interested because she doesn't want to eat out. She doesn't want to eat at that restaurant. She doesn't want to go that day. She doesn't want to go with him. (laughs) And so instead of making assumptions, we need to ask questions to find out what's really at issue here. So if uh, the husband says to the wife, uh, okay, is there something else you'd rather do that evening? Or would you like to go to that restaurant a different time? Then he will understand what the real problem is. Right, right. And when we get into deeper issues, um, let's say the issues about who who's, who are they going to go to for the holidays this year, which family. And she says, well, you know, I don't want to go to your parents. He might feel very slighted. Right. But it may be that she feels it's going to be too complicated. It's going to be um, not a great travel time for her. And without asking, is there something about my parents you don't like? Mm-hmm. Or is there something about spending the holidays specifically you don't like? Mm-hmm. Then he can start to get information about where the problem lies. Okay, okay. So clearly there's a problem, and then this is an example of how one spouse can go about solving it. Um, in your book, I'd like to move forward on this line of thoughts. If we could just elaborate some on some of the things that both partners should do when they need to problem solve. And one of them is showing a sensitivity to the other one's feelings. So when it comes to sensitivity to someone else's feelings, a lot of times the issue in problem solving is that we assume what the other person's feeling. For example, women often assume that the issue in some areas of life might be the person doesn't feel loved. A man might assume that the person doesn't feel respected. Mm -hmm. 
And so while she's arguing about the love, he's trying to get the respect mm -hmm. or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to sensitivity, we need to sometimes not make assumptions and ask the other person, well, how do you feel about this? And without judging and without criticizing, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. just get information. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what we need to do, even if we don't agree with someone's decision or someone's point of view, is to validate how they feel about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you also talk about respecting that, right? Like, like respecting that your partner is going to have differences uh, and other ideas that are maybe not yours. And that's that's easier said than done in some cases, actually respecting that uh, they hold different ways. So there's no such thing as a marriage that doesn't have differences. Right. And there's almost no marriages that don't have conflict. By itself, that isn't a problem. When we think that there's only one right way mm -hmm to think or to behave, then it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. So if we assume, I mean, this happens to me all the time as a therapist, I see somebody and she tells me certain problems and then I see the husband and it takes me like 20 minutes to realize that they're talking about the same problem. Mm -hmm. And I never would have figured out that that was the same issue mm -hmm. because they have such different perspectives on what really happened. Mm -hmm. And so if we can get away from the issue of who's right and who's wrong, mm -hmm, mm -hmm then there's a place to actually hear and respect the other person's point of view. Interesting, interesting. Okay. You also talk about the idea of making your partner feel loved and taken care of. There are many ways to do that. Some people need, they feel loved if they are spoken to in a certain way, or they feel loved because maybe someone buys them little gifts occasionally. Or there's many ways to make your partner feel loved and taken care of. So can one of you could put that together with the idea of problem solving and still making your partner feel loved and taken care of? Absolutely. One of the issues that sometimes comes up is if the decision is to go one way, then the other person feels that they get nothing, that their side isn't heard or that they're not being taken care of. And so I'll tell you a funny example that happened many years ago. There was a woman who wanted to keep halacha, Jewish law, in her house in a certain way, in a certain area. And her husband was very lax about those things. And he really wanted to have her go with him to a baseball game. Hmm. Okay. So... Anytime she would ask about the halacha, he wasn't interested. And when he would ask about the baseball game, she wasn't mm, interested. Mm, mm. So I finally suggested mm. to her that he would feel much more heard if she would do something with him that she really didn't want to do as a show of goodwill. And uh, then I felt he would be much more receptive to doing some things that he wasn't so interested in doing. And so he really did feel taken care of when she spent a Sunday afternoon going to a baseball game with him. Mm -hmm. And then she could finally feel taken care of that he was receptive right. to the way right. she wanted to run the home. Does it help one partner avoid reminding someone, hey, I did that for you, so, you know, quid pro quo? <laughs> Even though I use the baseball analogy, right. having baseball right. cards and keeping score is never a good idea. Right. Oh, so when people find that they're keeping score, usually it means that they're feeling that they're not heard or they're not being taken care of enough, and they need to work on that part of the relationship. Okay, so let's let's now go into actually developing solutions that are realistic and specific. One of the issues that I see frequently is people don't realize that certain things are very important to their partner that aren't important to them and vice versa. For example, I like to split life artificially into different realms. In marriage, one realm might be social, one might be religious, mm -hmm. one might be emotional, one might be financial. And so a couple could very easily be arguing about an issue where the issue for him is religious and the issue for her is social. For example, 
I see not infrequently that a couple who's becoming observant, they're not there yet, um, she wants to see her family and they socialize around meals in either her family's house and non-kosher restaurants. And he can't understand how she could still be eating these foods when that's not the right way to do things. And so if he shows sensitivity to her need to socialize with the family, then he might be able to suggest a solution that meets her needs. Mm -hmm. For example, you know, I know these really interesting people and why don't we invite them to our house and I will take care of the catering. I'll pay for whatever the food is so you don't have to cook and you don't have to clean afterwards. And we can have people coming to our house. Maybe mm -hmm. it's going to be your family. Maybe it's going to be your friends. Um, maybe it's going to be inviting that his wife to friends of his where she's a gourmet cook. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she sees that she doesn't have to give up the great food to be able to socialize with people. Mm -hmm. And a different example, let's say the wife says, you know what, I want to get a really nice dining room table. And he's thinking that's a whole paycheck. Mm -hmm. So the so, issue for so him is emotional. financial. Ah, mm -hmm. And for her, it's emotional. emotional. Okay. And so if she just speaks to him about how much she wants the table, she may find herself talking to the wall. But if she understands that money is the issue for him, and she says, look, I'm conscious of your budget. I realize that this is a big expenditure. We call that validation. The next thing she can say is, I only want to get a table that will really be a good sturdy table that will last for 20 or 30 years. And even though we're going to put a lot of money out now, we won't have to put it out again in five years when the table breaks. So she turns to speaking his language in order to try to find a meeting point between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, there's a lot of takeaways here and a lot of great advice. I really appreciate you taking the time to enlighten us about problem solving. And folks, these ideas are just a small taste of the vast amount of helpful and practical ideas that you'll read in Dr. Lisa Aiken's book, Guide for the Romantically Perplexed. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me, Heather. It's great being here today. There are also many articles and audio classes about Jewish marriage on aish.com. Just look for the marriage section on the homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>